you got your Bibles, you can turn to Judges 6, verse 12. We're going to go 6, verse 12, and then downward. I have a different translation here, but all of them say the same. I'm going to read from the screen. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you. How many would like for an angel to show up and say, the Lord is with you? <laughs> what, what a good day that is. <laughs> the Lord is with you. And then he gives a qualifier. Because the Lord is with you, you are a mighty man of valor. Can I say in this place, because the Lord is with you, you are a mighty person of valor. You can be courageous and take steps of faith because the Lord is with you. Then the next verse is a powerful verse. All of this goes through, and Gideon obviously doubts the presence of God, but Gideon not didn't, was not deceived. He just did not see himself the way God saw him. Sometimes... God does not see us the way we think we are and the way we see ourselves. So we'll stop at that verse 612, and I'll just tell you today that I really feel like there are some people in this room that have been underestimated. And I believe that God is in you, and God wants to do something great through you. That there are people that God wants you to reach to, and there are souls and lives that can be changed through you if you'd only see yourself the way God sees you. And I've come to talk to somebody that's been underestimated. God's going to use you. He's going to speak through you. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for all you're doing. We thank you for the presence of God we feel in this house. We ask you to use the word of the Lord to minister in the precious name of Jesus. Thereby said, amen. You may be seated. There is great opportunity that I had this week, and I, I wanted to say it before this moment, but I'm here now, and I had the chance to pray a commencement prayer at a vision house. This is something that's been in the works for two years, and um, we're building a house currently, and there's a family that's going to receive it in June, and so we are on a tight deadline. And we have a couple of pictures of that commencement ceremony this week that I was privileged to represent you at this ceremony and do the prayer to open the entire construction project. They've already put the basement in, but this is the vision project that was going on in 2006. It was shut down because of financial reasons, and we've revitalized the whole project. Amen? So now we're building an entire home, and that is, going, that is where we're cutting the ribbon, but there we're cutting a board, not the ribbon. <laughs> so that's just something we want to do. This is the basement that's already in. Amen? God is doing a great thing, and we're using this as a construction project, and it's a giving project. It's a humanitarian project, but it's also, here's where we're the president of, of an organization as well as uh, the construction manager and the teacher from the Hartford High School is using all those students in the back. Those are seniors and juniors in the back there that are going through construction training. Those kids are going to build that house. 
And it's not a shack. This is a 1,900-square-foot flooring on the first level with exposed basement. This is what we're up to, and God is doing great things. I want you to know that Channel 6 even showed up, and they needed to get in on the action. So we're so grateful for what God is doing. We're glad that we were able to be there to represent us and also to pray over this project. Would you just lift your hands with me and just ask the Lord to bless it. Lord Jesus, we come to you on behalf of this project. We ask you to move in safety and construction. We ask you to give efficiency, give them the best materials at the best price. We ask in Jesus' precious name and bless the house that goes into this home and bless the people and the family that go into this home. In Jesus' name, everybody say, Amen. 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 It started as a little thing. Someone had an idea. And a bunch of people underestimated their idea. And now there's a big home being built off of a little idea. Amen. I want to tell you that God has great plans for you. And while I'm speaking, there's someone maybe online that says, well, this is just another Sunday. I want you to know when God speaks over your life, your feelings, your routine, and your schedule, and your facts become irrelevant because God has spoken it, and everything changes at the moment that he speaks. Why are we so, why are we so dead set on having prayer meetings and having time in God's presence as a church? Because when God speaks, he orders steps, and when God order steps by his word. Nothing can unstabilize the steps that you're taking. Do you hear me, brothers and sisters, today? As I'm preaching this word, there is nothing that God cannot do with a brother or sister who gets on fire for God with a little bit of faith. Amen? All men have been given the measure of faith. This, this book tells us you've got the measure of faith, meaning that even at your lowest moment, there's still some faith you can tap into into. Even in your worst day, amen, you can tap into some faith. And Gideon had not got his head around what God was saying, what the angel was saying to him, that God is with you, and the God of angel armies is with you, and the God who can change situations, and the God who doesn't heal just because he feels like it, but is a healer in character, a God who is the Prince of Peace, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the one who is and is to come. He is and was and is to come. The Almighty has no beginning and no end, no start date, no finish date. He is the one who is everlasting. He is the God who is and always will be a God who is good and precious and right and holy and decent and in order and giving and gracious and merciful to his people. You have that God in you when you got the Holy Ghost, when you spoken tongues. You have the power of God inside of you. It doesn't matter who underestimates you. God is in you to do a great work in your life. And you may not have the skills. You may have not had the talent, but God has the ability to do it because God is with you. See, it didn't matter the might of the Midianite army and they were massive. It didn't matter that he grew up with them stealing their food and doing all kinds of uh, wreaking havoc in their life. It didn't matter Gideon's mindset about his enemy. When God said, I am for you, 
everything changed. It didn't matter the warriors that were against him. It didn't matter the number that he had to fight. Even if the number didn't match, he still he still had the opportunity to win because they were outmatched when God stepped in. I wonder how many have walked through your life and you've had thoughts and you've had the enemy whisper to you because he is the hurt whisperer. He will take things in your past and he will show them to you and play a little video in your mind and say, see, God's not with you. But the truth of the matter is when you lay it in the hands of the Lord and God begins to speak, suddenly something that could be tragic, suddenly something that could be devastating turns into a beautiful destiny in God, turns into something great and mighty in God. And you have to understand, as I preach, I'm preaching as a vessel who knows what it's like to be whispered to from the enemy. I know what it's like, given a task bigger than myself. Who would want to serve a God that didn't give you something bigger than yourself? So that you didn't depend upon him, but you depended upon yourself. Who would want to serve a God that gave you vision and gave you dreams that matched your bank account? Because you could then never have to need God. You would never have to lean upon him. But God gives you stuff that you cannot do so that you lean upon the God who can do everything. Do all things. Amen? Someone said it's impossible. It's impossible for God to do everything. And I'm like, what do you mean it's impossible? It's like, well, God can't get lost. <laughs> he, he, can't, he can't do some things. He can't stop loving you the way he loves you. His love, his love is always present. His love is always permanent. And his love for you is always powerful. You have to know that. You have to believe that. And when God has spoken to Gideon, he was saying, I'm going to use you to change the top topography of this entire nation. And suddenly a little became a lot. And I've come to speak to you as a pastor who was given the opportunity to step into a calling in a city where there was no church where I have the, the unfortunate example of a broken home and b abuse coming up through and plenty of whispers from the enemy about it. And I've come through all kinds of trouble and trauma, but I can tell you this, that every time when I got down to the littlest amount, God said, why don't you give that to me? Because I know how to work with little. Why don't you give that to me? Never look down on your little, brothers and sisters. I'm coming to you right now with this prophetic word. You're insufficient is God sufficient. You're enabled inability is God's ability. Your power is not what you're leaning upon, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Amen? We know that it is spiritual. We know that there is great things, for God does it in our midst. And I'm asking you that what happens when you surrender, whenever you give your little that we have to God, God gets glory and making a lot out of it. Do you understand that when we surrender our own will and our own eagles, ego and our own flesh to to the things that we're trying to do. And we say, if God doesn't bless it, it won't get done. If God doesn't step in, it's not going to happen. If we take that mindset, we don't have to look at little things as being something that others would say, that's not enough, and that will never do it. We can look at little things as, as in, that's got enough for God to work with. There's a little bit there. That's enough for God to work with. God's hands in a little bit of what you have is a big deal, brothers and sisters. It 
it is a big deal. The devil is no match for divinely surrendered little things. The devil has no weaponry or no armies that can stand against a surrender of your little things to God. It may not look like much, but it's a whole lot in the hands of God Almighty. I want you to know that today I celebrate a Jesus who said little on the cross, said little headed to the cross, but when he got there, that little bit of what he did, that thing that everyone else would say in that culture was just another criminal dying, that little, he said, shook, he shook the world with that little bit of death and that little bit of dying. In fact, the enemy would not have crucified him had they known, had the devil known that he was crucifying the savior of the world, the savior of humanity. But the little he said on the way to the cross shook the world and saved all of humanity from a devil's hell. I just can't imagine what the devil was going through the morning of the third day when angels started rolling stones away and a little little girl was headed, a little lady was headed to put spices on the body of Jesus. She didn't know any better. She was working with what little she had left of her beautiful Savior. She was going to do what little she knew to do. And when she got there, she found out that all of the devils in hell were trembling. They were like, oh, Snapple, we forgot. This is Jesus who said, you bury me in three days, I'm going to get up again. He'd already established the word that he was going to walk out. He'd already said, they're going to crucify me, but don't get afraid. He'd already promised it. Jesus had already spoken it. So because he spoke it, it had to come to pass. That lifeless body could not be corrupted. It had to get back up again because not only was it the divine plan of God, but it was the word of God acting out through the salvation and crucifixion. Brothers and sisters, when the enemy comes to you and whispers, just remind him of Calvary. Just remind him of the place of the skull. Yes, every battle in your mind can be taken control of, and you can dismay the devil with the thoughts he tries to whisper into your life because Jesus did it at the place of the skull. Jesus did it at Calvary, which means the place of the skull. Your spiritual warfare happens in your mind, but Jesus has already conquered it. He said, don't be dismayed. For I have overcome the world. I've overcome the systems of this world. And you, though they may underestimate you, you should not be underestimated because you have the word of God and you have the power of God living inside of you. When you put this book in your mind, you're enabling yourself to fight spiritual battles you haven't even seen yet. The things you'll walk into, you will be equipped for. And you won't even know your equipment's there. All you did was read the word and memorize the word and put it in your heart and when you get into a battle when your head starts to spin you can say lord i know my thoughts are going everywhere but would you confine my thoughts would you take captive every thought
Would you allow me to take a hold of the things that the enemy is using for spiritual warfare? And would you let me be victorious in this moment? And God will give you scripture after scripture in that moment. And he'll start allowing you to warp weapon with warfare in word through the Holy Ghost. Amen. So Calvary is the show to us that Jesus conquered every spiritual battle for us because he spoke it before he did it. And if you will get a prophetic word on you through the power of the Holy Ghost and you will say, I know it looks like a little faith, but I'm coming through it. I know it looks like it's just a little bit of hope, but I'm coming through this thing. I'm going to come out. If Jesus spoke it, it can come through death and a little woman showed up and Jesus was there and she said, who, where have you taken? She's obviously, she's obviously at the tomb. The angels are obviously there and they're asking you, why are you searching for the living among the dead. Can I just pause this message for a minute and ask somebody, why would you go looking for living things of God among dead things of this world? Why would you go from the living things of God to seeking a bottle or a drug or an addiction or another human being that cannot fulfill your life? Only Jesus can. But if you will combine the power of God and the word of God into your life, you will see great things happen. And she was sitting there. And she's like, I didn't know. This is all I knew to do. I didn't know I was looking for the living among the dead. And some people don't know that they're running after things that can only bring destruction and death to their life. They have such little knowledge of God, and we have to be the conduits. We have to be the ones that stand up and say, why are you searching for the living among the dead? Let me teach you a Bible study. Let me show you what God has done for you. Let me show you the power of God that can be in your life every day. And teach them the word of God. Calvary was not just one with a little said. It's because Jesus took a little and invested it into God's will. And if you take your little and you will invest it into God's will, God will shake your world with that investment. God will change you. Have you seen that t-shirt that says, underestimate me, that'll be fun? Have you ever seen that t-shirt? Maybe it's a post online. Go ahead, underestimate me. That'll be fun. It's, it's, it's buried in ego and pride, I know. It's talking about human initiative and ability. Yeah, you don't know my gifts, but go ahead, underestimate me and watch what I can do. I'm not, I'm not leaning on that. What I want to bring to this sermon today is that the devil can go ahead and underestimate the church. <laughs> go ahead, devil, that'll be fun. Watch what God can do with people who surrender their little bit. See, I'm trying to get you to celebrate, to not ever underestimate your little. Because Jesus invested, it says in, in, in uh, Matthew 26, 39, it says, and he went a little further to pray. See, the Garden of Gethsemane is where Jesus won the battle at the cross because he prayed his way through the will of God. He was saying, I don't want to do this. He didn't want to go through the anguish of the, anguish of the cross he didn't want to suffer like that. But he said, let this cup pass from me. He said, I don't want to drink this cup of suffering and have the sins of the world placed on my human body as I die. It's, it's so excruciating what I'm going to go through. He said, but nevertheless, 
I'll invest my little bit. My, I'll let them sleep. I'll let others see it not as valuable enough that they are going to take a nap and fall asleep. And I'll go just a little bit further and I'll kneel down and I'll give every bit of that little bit I have left until there literally was blood running from the pores in his body. That he was in such anguish, but he said finally the thing that we all have to come to at some point, not my will but thine be done. You've got to come to a surrender moment to see God do powerful things in your life. And the surrender may not be houses on the beach, and it may not be cars in a six-stall garage. It may not be wealth and Bitcoin and whatever else you've stacked up as riches in this earth where the Bible says moth and dust will corrupt, but the Bible tells you to store up treasures in heaven, amen? So we know that no matter how great it is or how little it is, it's still little to God, amen? You're six million dollar bank account is little to God. Your greatest moments is little to God. So if you surrender, surrender everything, surrender all of it, every bit of it, give it to God. Even if it's great in your mind, it's little to an all-powerful God. Give him the little things. How hard was it for me? Oh, it was difficult, I tell you. God told me to start a church in a city didn't have enough money, and when I get nervous, I lose my voice. How are you going to work with that? My voice goes out when I'm preaching, Brother Steve. And, and, and I went through enough trauma in my young age that I shut down my emotions. Anybody ever been where you had a, a situation happen, you're just like, oh, I'm not even going to feel nothing about that. I'm just, I'm just going to mark that off the calendar. And so I had to learn how to make my body match my emotions again. Because I was so shut down, my body language never matched what I was feeling on the inside. I had to learn all this all over again. And the reason why I had to learn it was because God wanted to do something with my life. Just as much as he wants to do something with your life. And whatever was broken, whatever you think you have little of, I had to surrender all those things to the Lord. You have no idea the power of the little things in your life. But those little things can haunt you. The little things you may have done, and maybe you think they're big, but they're little compared to the blood of the Lamb. They're little compared to the grace of God. They're little compared to the mercy of God. Every bad decision, every bad moment doesn't even stack up to the power and the grace and the glory and the beauty of the blood of the Lamb shed on that cross for you. It does not match all of it. It's little compared to what God can do. All of it is little and little is much. When God is in it, labor not for wealth or fame. We used to sing that old song. Little by little, just give it to him. Everything to him is small compared to the vastness of God. Understand, I'm not diminishing your skills or your talents. I'm not diminishing how good you are at some things. I had a friend who used to say it's so hard to be this good. <laughs> 
I, I know what they mean. They have gifts and they have talents. I get that. But compared to God, you don't have good enough strategy. You don't have good enough vision. You don't have good enough foresight compared to God. Do you know who we're partnering with in this house today? We're partnering our marriages with God. We're partnering our ministries with God. We're partnering our, men, our ability to manage our life with God. Elisha, so gifted in this area. He did not underestimate the power of little left. Of course, in 2 Kings 4, 42 through 44, a man came from Belshazzar. You think you got the you have to have the Holy Ghost to say that word. And brought the man of God bread of the first fruits they were tithing. 20 loaves of barley and bread and newly ripened grapes or grain, sorry, and his and his knapsack. And he said. This is a little bit. It was a little bit. He said, give it to the people that they may eat. I want to tell you whatever little you have, if you would give it to the Lord, this is where he gave it to the man of God representing the Lord. But if the little that you have, if you will give it to the Lord, God will allow you to feed the souls of others from the little things you surrender to God. So much here. Give it to the people. Go to the next verse. He said, but the servant said, What? There's over 100 people here at this, uh, in this story. He said, what shall I set be this before 100 men? There's not enough here. Are, have, you lost, have you lost your mind, Elisha? And so he give it to the people, he said. Give it to the people that they may eat. For thus says the Lord, they shall eat and have some left over. He said, I'm going to speak a word and that word is going to cause a miracle. And that miracle is going to be underestimated by everybody who sits down to eat because they're only going to see a little bit. But you have a whole, a whole lot more to give when God's miracle power starts working. Amen. There's a whole lot more to work in this church. There's a whole lot more things that God's going to do in this church. If we get God speaking, everyone can look at it and say, that's not enough. Everyone can look at you and say, you're not enough. But they don't know the God that's in you. Be strong. Put your shoulders back. Stand tall and say, I don't have the ego that says I need to stand up and be better than anybody else. I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else. But I have a God who speaks over my life every single day. And that God says, the little is going to be enough. That's what my God says. And so he says, put it before him. So he set it before them, and they ate and had some leftovers. God is not interested in what you lost. God will work with the little you've got left. And if you surrender, the, this is the message, okay? If you surrender the little you have left, God will give you leftovers. That's so good. According, but according to the word of the Lord. Understand, he's not saying, I'm saying this because I'm a great man of God. He was a great man of God. He was connected to God. But he's saying, this is going to happen according to the word of the Lord. And I want to be a vessel and a conduit right now for a rhema word for somebody. Wherever you have been and whatever you have gone through, God is able to give you increase 
increase in your little moments. Increase in the little you surrender to him. We say it like this. I only have a little left. I only have a little bit of time to give. I only have a little bit of hope. I don't care if you start with five minutes of prayer every morning. Start there and you will find your spirit seeking leftovers from that five minutes. You'll find miracle power happening where you don't want five minutes with the Lord anymore. You want 15 and you're not satisfied with 15 anymore. You need 20. And when you realize miracle power comes from the word of God, I got a whole book of words of, from God for you there is something powerful about being in God's presence to where you start to want to spend 30 minutes and 40 minutes and 50 minutes the only time Jesus chastised his disciples for having little faith was when they were focused on the great doubt think about the power of things that happened when they were in difficult situations and they had little to work with when they had no hope Jesus comes Walking on the water. Why didn't Jesus walk on the water when they were out fishing, Tanya? Why didn't he show himself strong in those other moments? Why didn't he reveal himself as the healer and the restorer and the resurrection and the power in those other minutes? It's because he wanted to show them that even when you have nothing to hold on to, I will reveal myself in the greatest way to you in the moments that you think you have the littlest opportunity to see God work. When everything is broken, God will make a mosaic out of it. God will use it and glorify himself through it there is some revelation that God wants to give somebody in this room when your little is invested in God's will amen in hopeless moments in difficult times don't look for what you don't have but look for what you have left and give that little to Jesus I'm trying to hurry I know we got a baptism I'm trying to hurry my pastor in Virginia we went out there for a couple years it was a good transition moment we were their youth pastor, and we were helping the church grow, and they were building a building. Before we got there, his, he came home one day to fire engines in his drive, and his entire home had burned to the ground. Entire home burned completely to the ground. And they were trying to plant a church. And I want to tell you, in that moment, he didn't know if he was going to be able to continue. The devil came and said, see, look how God treats people that give all, their, all of themselves to the Lord. The devil whispered lies to him. In that moment, you know the devil comes to you in low moments to tell you lies, to leave the Lord. But God comes to you in low moments to give you revelation that makes your life more powerful than you ever could have imagined. God does different things in low moments, amen, than the enemy does. And if you're hearing in your low moment, you'll never make it, that's the enemy. If you're feeling hopelessness in a low moment, that's the devil whispering hurt to you. And what you need to understand is the enemy is always going to try to take advantage of your low moments. But God takes your low moments and makes them higher than you could ever imagine. He takes your little and makes it great. So he pulls in the drive and, he's, and he sees this devastation. And they go to a famous conference in our movement, the United Pentecostal Church. He goes to the Pentecostals of Alexandria for because of the times. And Jeff Arnold gets up on Friday night. He used to preach every Friday night. He's a little crass. We all know him. Some of us know him. And he's, he's just a little bit of a, of a different duck, okay? And he gets up and he says, God does not need what you've lost to finish what he has for you. 
Stop focusing what you, on what you lost and focus on what you've got left. And God just moved over him. He said he just crumpled in the floor and began to weep and cry before the Lord. And God did a beautiful thing in his heart where he did not give up, but he grabbed on a hold, a hold of the skirts and the garment of Jesus Christ. And he touched that garment and got a miracle that night in his faith. And he went home. And he said, honey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to jar up. We're going to get a big jar. And we're going to jar up as much as those ashes as we could, the leftovers of our beautiful house. We're going to jar them up. And then we're going to drive around the beltway of D.C and we're going to just throw the ashes out the window and say in Jesus name we're going to we're going to spread what little we have left to watch God do a miracle now there's over 700 people in that church God is doing great things I want you to know if you invest what you have left God will do a great work in it little faith given to God will turn it around brothers and sisters God says to somebody today I can work with that Nobody else can work with that. Nobody else can work with you. Nobody else can work with your problems, your traumas, your situations. That's why they underestimate you. That's why they've given up on you. But God never gives up on you. God said, give it to me. I can work with that. I am God, and I'm able to work with all your proclivities, all your difficulties, your lowest moment, your love just as much as your highest moment. God is able to work with it. Someone say, God can work with that. Someone say, God can work with me. Someone say, God can work with my family. Hallelujah. Even those that are in this room that struggle from low self-esteem, I want you to know and hear me carefully. I know you may think at times you have nothing of value to give. You are in the perfect moment at that moment when you think that to surrender all of yourself to God. The littlest talent, the littlest ability is what turned Israel around. Gideon said, I'm the least in my family. My family is the least in the tribe. The tribe's the least in the nation. The nation isn't much to talk about. <laughs> he went through a laundry list with the Lord of how he was not qualified to do it. And the angel said, I didn't look at your qualifications. I looked at the fact that the Lord is with you. I didn't look at your skills and your talents. I looked at the fact that God is with you. I have, I'm running out of time to tell you the other story about Elijah of a woman who had a, only a jar of oil left, a little bit of oil left, and they gathered up vessels, and she began to pour her little bit into what God said to do through the man of God. He said, gather vessels and begin to pour oil, and she poured until there was no longer any other vessels. That is a picture of the church. If you have only a little to give, you begin to pour out on your brother and your sister and your friend and your uncle and your aunt. You begin to pour out what God has given to you. And the oil did not stop till there were no longer any vessels to pour into. Brothers and sisters, go get them. Go get them. Go get souls. Go get vessels to pour into. God will pour into people from this house even when you only have a little to pour. God will not let it stop. He will renew it over and over again until you have enough to buy your way out and to come out of every addiction, come out of every deaded moment, to lay down every sin. And he said, go sell all and pay what you owe to that little woman from those jars of oil that she filled. 
What about Elisha and the Shunammite woman? Remember that story? Elisha's going by, and she entreats him to come in and have dinner with her husband and her. And she notices that he comes by a certain season every year, and she says, let's build a little room. She actually uses the word little. Let's build a little. All we've got is a little to build. All we got is a little bit of help to give. But she built him a little room, and he'd come in, and he would eat and stay in that room. And then she found out her son was sick. He went out with dad and said, my head hurts, and sent a servant to take him home. And she sat and held her boy as he died in her arms. And she took him up the stairs, and she placed him in Elisha's bed. She said, I don't know what to do. I don't have an option. I don't have any hope at this moment. But she put him where she had little. And the man of God was sent servant to. And Gehazi ran ahead with the staff and laid it on the boy and nothing happened. And he comes back and he says, nothing's happening. And she said, I'm not leaving, Elisha, until you go with me. You send your servant all you want to. I'm not leaving until you come because I know the word of God is in your mouth. And I know the word of God is what produces the miracle. She said, I'm not leaving. You're going to go with me and you're going to raise up my boy because I've invested little. I built a little room and you're the man of God and you can do something because you've got God with you. So she goes and they get back to the house. He says, get out. And he lays on the little one and he puts his arms and his legs there and he puts his face to the little child and then his body begins to warm and then he stands up because it's not happening. It hasn't happened yet. I want you to tell you, don't give up when you begin to pray and you don't see something happening right away. You are building a monument in heaven, a prayer for your children, for the situation, for the miracle you need. A monument is being constructed out of your layers of prayer just keep praying and keep praying and God will come to a point where he cannot forget or ignore what you have put before him in heavenly places in prayer and she prayed and Elijah walked the floor and came back and he did it again and the boy came back to life came back to life and it was all because she gave a little she built a little room for God. I don't know where you are with God, but I'm asking you, build a little room for the Lord in your life. Start there. And when you see tragedy come or when you see trauma come to your life, go and lay it in that little place. I know I don't have a lot to give God, but you love me powerfully and you love me permanently and you love me forever. And I'm giving this to you because I know Everyone else will underestimate this moment, but I'm not going to underestimate my God. He can do it. If I surrender the little to him, go ahead, devil, underestimate the church. In a culture that hates religion in a post-Christian age, go ahead, devil, underestimate the church. It's not us. It's his spirit in us that's going to give us the power to take this church on home when the trumpet sounds 
and there's going to be the greatest revival I believe I've ever seen in my lifetime headed right up to the trumpet. I believe that's Bible, and I believe there's hungry people. You talk to anybody, they are so lonely right now. They are so feeling like they are outside of any purpose. Some people, they're just searching for someone to talk to, and if you talk to them, they just start talking, and they want to talk because nobody will listen to them. Everybody's so busy building their own statements and their own agenda, and I want you to know that God has only one agenda, and that is great revival in this last day, and even though it seems like little may want it and little may appreciate it, don't underestimate the power of a revival God who can send fire, who can give us harvest after harvest. Amen. Would you stand with me? I pray God gives you the power to not underestimate yourself, to not underestimate the power that he has put in in you, and to not underestimate what God wants to do with you. Amen. Would you lift your hands and pray right now, Jesus? Little is much when God is in it. I have brought this prayer and this message. I've sent everything I could into this message to give somebody a, 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 a jolt of faith, Lord God. Would you help them to look at the examples of the Word of God and see where you spoke? I want you to do a work in somebody's life here. Would you begin to lift your voice and just praise him? Would you just begin to lift your voice and worship him? Would you, would you just let your voice out and let it be a, a word of God? I, know, I don't know if you feel, feel downtrodden today or you feel at the top of, of a mountain, but would you go ahead and just put some words out there in, in the spiritual realm? I, I believe God's going to bring revival to grief share. I believe God's going to bring revival to my Bible study. I believe God's going to bring revival in my family. I believe God's going to bring promotion and blessing in my business or promotion and blessing in my job. Go ahead and speak it right now in faith. Go ahead and say it. Don't underestimate what God can do. Don't underestimate what God can do through you. Don't underestimate the power of God in this moment. The power of life and death is in the tongue. Somebody speak life right now. Speak life for your family. Speak life. Every eye closed, every hand lifted. Speak life right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody surrender your little right now. Is there a Shunammite woman in the room? Is there a is there a man who wants to see their son or their daughter saved? Come on right now. This altar is open if you need to come and pray. I wonder if maybe you need to bow your knee before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I have underestimated you too many times. I will not. I'm going to use the little faith that I have. Come on, let's come. Let's come before the Lord. Let's stand in his presence as this altar's open. Let's make a vow to him today. Come on, let's make a vow to him. Let's make a vow to him. I'm going to use my little bit. I'm going to use my little bit. I'm going to use my little bit. For your mercy never fails me. And all my days I've been here. I'm going to use the little I have. Oh, Lord, I thank you for the graces of strength. I thank you for the graces of talent. But I'm going to use it as my little bit. I'm going to use it as my little bit. 
invested in your hands, Jesus. Invested in your hands, Jesus. You will do great things with it. You will do great things with it. Invested in your hands, Jesus. I give you my little bit. Oh, it may not look like much, but I'm not going to underestimate it in your hands, God. You have been so, so good with every breath that I am made. For I will sing of the goodness of friend. 